Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, this is Caroline Aaron, and you're listening to TV Confidential. I'm about to do something that could cost me my life. The cuckoo is in the nest, and the cuckoo is about to be trapped. Cuckoo. Ed Robertson, welcoming you to this week's edition of TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television that will welcome back Michael Learned in our second hour. Michael Learned, the actress known around the world as Olivia Walton, the matriarch of the Walton family. Calendar year 2022 marks the 50th anniversary of the premiere of The Waltons on CBS television. Michael will help us celebrate that. Plus, we'll ask about being cast as the grandmother of serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer in the new Netflix series Monster and how the public reception has been to Monster in general and to Michael's performance in particular. Michael Leonard will join us in our second hour. If you have to stay tuned for that later on this hour, we will pay tribute to actress and comedian Judy Tenuta. Judy Tenuta, the entertainment triple threat known to her fan base as the love goddess and Aphrodite of the accordion. Judy Tenuta passed away last week at the age of 72. We had a chance to talk to Judy Tenuta twice on TV Confidential. We'll play highlights from both those conversations beginning later on in the hour. If you stay tuned for that as well. In the meantime, we'll begin our first hour by welcoming Mr. Martin Harris. Martin can currently be seen opposite Christian Bale, Timothy Oliphant, Chris Rock, and Robert De Niro in the star-studded 1930s murder mystery Amsterdam. Amsterdam now playing in movie theaters everywhere as this program airs. Robert De Niro, I understand, was one of Martin's influences as a young actor. We will certainly ask him about that. Martin Harris, also has an interesting background prior to becoming an actor. He was a sports journalist overseas who not only covered NBA basketball, among other sports, but wrote a best-selling book about LeBron James and another best-selling book about the Los Angeles Lakers. The experience of writing that book and getting to know such Lakers stars as Kobe Bryant, I understand, also played an instrumental role in Martin's eventually becoming an actor. We'll ask him about that as well. Martin Harris, welcome to TV Confidential. Thank you for having me. It's a a pleasure. Now, we are talking to Martin on Thursday the 6th, the day before Amsterdam opens wide, as they say in the trades. Uh, So there are still limits to what Martin can say to us about the film right now. That being said, what can you tell us about Amsterdam and what can you tell us about the character that you play? I think it's a wonderful film with a a very strong message at the end, very important message at the end. uh, There's a lot of stuff going on in the film, so I would say pay attention to all those little details. Uh, There's, you know, I actually went to New York for the premiere and then I've seen it for the second time in Los Angeles. For the early premiere, and I liked it, I would say, even more after the second time I've seen it, because you pay attention to those little moments that are happening throughout the film. Either it's a comedic uh, scene, or it's uh, the way it's shot, the, the atmosphere of it is very beautifully shot, the costumes are amazing, the locations are, are absolutely, absolutely beautiful. 
It's funny. I was talking to Michael Learned just before I called you Martin Michael Learned, star of the Waltons, of course, but an actress who comes from the stage and who still considers herself very much a stage actress. And we were talking about the differences between acting on the stage and acting in film is you don't have the immediate audience reaction on a film set because you don't know how the film is going to be received until it's released weeks, months, maybe years after you've done your job on the set that day, Martin. So I would imagine the opportunity to see the film at the premiere in an audience and to gauge that immediate reaction that had to feel really good for you as an actor. Absolutely. And I'll tell you this, like there are certain things that kind of stand out right away, which is the comedic side of it and the comedic performances. For me, like Mike Myers is absolutely incredible from the comedic standpoint. And then the more you, the more you watch it, the more those little nuances uh, come out. Like for example, um, Christian Bale's performance and how, how deep and how, uh, how many you know, different structures it has. It's an absolute delight. See, I play, my character is a Nazi. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you that. There's a mystery around, uh, we'd say, um, something that really happened in America in the 30s where uh, uh, there were Nazi sympathizers trying to uh, come into power in the United States, and, and it, it's a big part of that plot. And, and I'm, yeah, I'm a Nazi. Martin Harris plays a Nazi in uh, Amsterdam star-studded murder mystery that also stars Christian Bale, Mike Myers, Timothy Oliphant, Chris Rock, Robert De Niro, and many, many others. Amsterdam playing in theaters everywhere as this program airs. Uh, I told you this before we started recording, Martin. I have seen the trailer and maybe it's because nearly everyone is depicted either in black tie or evening gowns, but the word that comes to me after I saw the trailer is lavish. Is that a word that you would use to describe Amsterdam, lavish? I would say the big finale of the film, yes, absolutely. And there is the characters played by Anya Taylor-Joy and Rami Malek, for sure. Uh, but it's more complex than that. There's just a lot in the pot. It's like mixing a lot of different cuisines, mixing a lot of different dishes. It's a, it's, it's a true experience. I think it's one of those films, personally, what I anticipate from that film is it will grow in time. I mean, people will refer to it in, in years, and if people will rewatch it, and people will have a different opinion about it probably a few months from now, a few years from now, because there's a lot to process in terms of like those little, little subtle things that you might miss when you see it for the first time. Well, that's something to definitely look for. Um, in the meantime, Amsterdam is playing in theaters everywhere as this program airs. Martin Harris is one of the many cast members of Amsterdam. He's spending a few minutes uh, talking to us today. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. This is a stupid question. I don't know how, how else to ask this. Okay, you're a young man. You've been a professional film actor roughly 10, 12 years, so you're still very young as far as your career and learning your craft goes, and yet on this picture alone, you are surrounded or you're part of a cast with so much talent, and you know, whether, you have, whether, whether you, you have screen time with some of these stars or, or just talking to them at the craft services table. Do you ever get caught up with, oh my God, 
I'm talking to Robert De Niro. Oh my God, I'm with Mike Myers. Or do you do you just put that aside once you're on the set and and realize I'm a pro, he's a pro, she's a pro. We're all here to do the same thing, which is work and give the best performance we can. You know, it's a it's a great question actually because it's it's exactly it's both it's both what you said. So when I was on set and to have a chance to work and actually be in a scene with my childhood hero Robert De Niro. It was a surreal experience. But when I was on set, I was fully locked in into what I'm doing as an actor. So I was just fully engaged into what David was asking me to do. And then I remember when I finally went back home after finishing my last day, it was Friday, I think, second to last Friday of February 2021. I took the call sheet and seeing all those names, and then I sat uh, having a cup of tea in my apartment, and then I realized it kind of it kind of hit me who I just worked with, Robert, you know, Christian Bale, all those people, so much talent. But when I was actually working, uh, I, like my, I'll tell you something about Christian Bale. So Christian Bale, first of all, amazing, extremely friendly, very nice, very like giving actor. But when she was on set, she was fully in character. Mm-hmm. Even during the lunch breaks, she was talking as a character, she was walking as a character. Some of those other actors were joking that they never met him officially until the movie was over. I mean, I'm talking about people who were in the film every day. So they were completely in character for the time of shooting. And, and I think that's the way to do it. And I, I had a chance actually before working with actors like that. And, uh, and I think that's the right attitude to have. Like whenever you're on set, you have to be professional, you have to focus on your performance. But, but of course, after, after you finish, then you think of it. I, for me, the staircase working with Colin Firth or working with the cast of Amsterdam, uh, or working with David Harbour on Stranger Things for two months. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, I've learned a lot from him, a lot. You mentioned how Bale totally immerses himself in character even when mm-hmm. even when the red light is off. I understand that De Niro, um, I don't know whether he still does this today, but when, when he was a young actor, um, there were times, depending on what he was asked to play, he was so immersed himself in the character he would wear the type of underwear that he thought that character would play because that helped him build his his performance in assuming who this person was. Yeah, absolutely. And I've read and I saw in one of the interviews that he was actually working as a taxi driver before he filmed Taxi Driver. He actually got the license and he was working as a taxi driver for a month. So absolutely, those people are just you know taking the game to the next level. That's the highest level possible. Martin Harris is on the line with us. Martin can currently be seen in Amsterdam, star-studded 1930s murder mystery that is playing in theaters everywhere as this program airs. Uh, you've also seen Martin in such popular shows as Stranger Things and Better Call Saul. He also recently portrayed a Czech police officer in the Netflix series The Gray Man. And as, as Martin just uh, mentioned, he also co-starred co- uh, opposite Colin Firth in The Staircase. So this, this kind of dovetails with what we were just talking about. I mean, I'm not an actor. What I've learned about actors is that you draw on your various experiences as a person and, and if you worked in a career other than acting which you did before you became a, a, a movie actor you draw on your experiences and what you learned from your other line of work and you build it you know you draw from that whenever you can depending on what type of character 
you play. Now, we, we mentioned before that uh, you're a sports journalist, you know, for, uh, yes. throughout your 20s. You covered people like Kobe Bryant. You covered people like uh, uh, Michael Jordan. You spent yes. time with them in the locker room. You didn't, you didn't get to know all of them as well as you got to know Kobe. But I would imagine the experience of being in the same room with you know, elite athletes, that kind of helps overcome whatever butterflies you might have about being in the same set with Robert De Niro, knowing how much of an influence he was on you. Yeah, 100%. For me, it was a, kind of a strange role, Dennis. Listen, you know, I, I love the experiences that it definitely enriched me and, and gave me something to work with as an actor. Would I take the 20s back and start acting if I could have a chance to go back? I probably would have. But uh, I think, you know, the way the, the whole road of life uh, mapped out for me, it's also interesting. You know, I, was, I started as a as a singer in a heavy metal band, and then the band ceased to exist when I was 18. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. So the label asked me to write uh, reviews for them, for their like promotional materials, and I started writing. Uh, I couldn't couldn't make a living out of writing about uh, rock music, heavy metal music. So somebody offered me a job as a as a sports writer, and because I like sports, I watch sports, and started writing about sports. And I don't know if maybe the competition was less back in the day, but Somehow, within a year, I was already an established sports writer, and and it provided financial security, and it pro- provided me with a lot of uh, trips all around the world, yeah. around Europe, but also to the United States, and and that was a great part of it. And then I met Kobe, and but something inside was telling me that it's not exactly what I want to do for the rest of my life. And Kobe was actually the one who <laughs> pointed it out, and he told me, you know, to move here and start acting. For those who don't live in Los Angeles. Please give, please give our listeners an idea of just how devastating Kobe's death was to the L.A. community. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything for three days, I'll tell you that. I was, I was shocked. The, last, the previous last time I saw him was when he scored 60 points in his final NBA game. Yeah. And then somehow I was doing different stuff. I was in stand-up comedy that was fully immersed into that world. She, she was doing you know, more business stuff. And we didn't talk for a long time. And then in 2019, I came to the game right before New Year's. It was December 29th. They played Dallas Mavericks. And he came with his daughter, Gianna, also rest in peace. And um, we met in the tunnel, and he came to me. He gave me a big hug, and we had a chance to have a conversation. So I felt very good about reconnecting with him. And then three weeks later, the accident happened. Wow. And I'm shell-shocked. I'm completely broken inside. And I remember when he said to me to follow my dreams and to do the acting thing. And I was at the, at the time I was still doing, you know, a bunch of different, I was exploring a bunch of different venues. But at that moment I decided I'm just going to focus only on acting because that was his advice. His advice makes perfect sense. And to do, to be really good or great in what you're doing, you can, you have to focus on it 24-7. And, and I did. You talked to him many times as a journalist before you became friends. Was there any one thing, was there any one moment when you realized, hey, this is not just a reporter-athlete you know, interview relationship, we're becoming friends. Was there any one thing, or was it, did it kind of grow or evolve naturally? Yeah, when I came, when I came to Los Angeles in 2007 to see if, if I want to live here, I stayed for a month, and that was the time when he almost got traded 
and she was kind of avoiding local reporters mm -hmm. and she started just generally talking to me more about different stuff and he find he found some peace in those conversations so we started talking more and more and more and it found, we found a lot of more common ground and that was, I think, the, the moment. I met him in 1998 in the All-Star Weekend in New York. It was my first trip to the United States. Mm -hmm. It was his first All-Star game. And then I'd seen him in the NBA Finals. I'd seen him in All-Star Weekend in Philadelphia. I'd seen him in 2003 when he scored 55 points against Michael Jordan. So those were, like, good moments. He always thought that I'm bringing him luck. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, like he even said it, you're my luck charm. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, I think that's how it, that's how it was. Well, of course, one thing the both of you have in common, which, which I'm guessing is one of the things that helped you stand out, is the fact that you grew up in Europe and Kobe grew up in Europe. So, so you, yeah. you, you, had, you had that sort of common background. Yeah, he's a soccer fan as well, both yeah. of us. His favorite team was AC Milan, and he also liked Barcelona. I actually like different teams from those countries, so we will always talk about that. Martin Harris wrote a, a best-selling book on uh, the Los Angeles Lakers in the course of writing that book and, and covering the Los Angeles Lakers. He became good friends with uh, Lakers superstar Kobe Bryant. Uh, Martin shared a few memories of his friend Kobe Bryant. Martin can be seen in Amsterdam, star-studded murder mystery that also stars Christian Bale, Timothy Oliphant, Chris Rock, Mike Myers, Robert De Niro, Amsterdam playing in theaters everywhere as this program airs you worked a lot you mentioned this i think a little earlier in our conversation you worked a lot in stand-up comedy your first few years when you came out to la around 2008 um i'm not an actor and i'm not a comedian but i would think doing stand-up is a great tool for any actor to have because you have to be able to think on your feet while you're on the stage even as you're performing a set piece. What are your thoughts on that? 100%. It's a great uh, way to learn the craft. It's a great way to learn the improv and to be fast with your words. Uh, it's also a great way to learn the show business. <laughs> I'll tell you what, stand-up comedy is cutthroat, my friend. Yep. It is, yep. It is a brutal, brutal world. And you, you, you build thicker skin yep. by, by being around. You know, yep. Like, I'll tell you what, I've lost um, some of good friends who, unfortunately, um, comics, some brilliant comedians who, who couldn't go past their struggles and they took their own lives. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult environment, but it, it could be a very enriching environment. It, yeah. It definitely toughens you up, you know? Who were some of your influences as a comic? I was a big fan of Anthony Jeselnik when I started. I think he's a, he's a brilliant writer. He has this dark humor, obviously my persona and my my uh, style is more family friendly. Mm -hmm. he's, he's more of a hardcore, but I, I found him very funny. I found uh, Bill Burr very funny. I found George Carlin very funny. Mitch Hedberg. You've also done a lot of video work, a work for video games. I've been told by other actors who act in video games that that is one of the most physically and mentally challenging work an actor can do because you have to prepare for and perform all the various outcomes in the game. Uh, what, what has your experience been like? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's another way of expanding your, your craft and making yourself uh, more versatile. It's, it's a different, different ballgame for sure. I was uh, 
voice of Kruger for many years, mm -hmm. which is a beloved character on Call of Duty. And I wasn't even aware how popular this game is all around the world until I started getting uh, hundreds, thousands of messages from Call of Duty fans <laughs> through my social media, uh, letting me know how much they love Kruger, some of them having uh, avatars with my character, you know. So, so that, that is true, it, especially when you do back-to-back -back sessions. You know, it could be hard on your voice because you have to yell a lot. You have to yell the commands. You have to yell, you know, being killed or killing or, or being wounded. But I do a lot of voice acting, so definitely uh, was prepared for that part. Martin Harris is the voice of Kruger in the popular video game Call of Duty. He is also one of the many cast members in Amsterdam, star-studded murder mystery set in the 1930s. Amsterdam, available in theaters everywhere as this program airs. We have about a minute left. Before I forget, I want to go back to your background covering professional sports. This is a theory I have. I personally believe that one reason why a lot of sports athletes are able to make the transition to acting is because the relationship between an actor and a director is not unlike the relationship between an athlete and a coach in that you're a professional athlete. You know what you have to do on the soccer field or on the basketball court, but sometimes the coach will you know, help you focus in a particular moment. Uh, you know what? It also, it also can backfire. I'll tell you that. It, it's a plus, but it's also a big minus because I came technically from a sports world into the world of acting. Mm -hmm. And the, the major problem athletes have and major problem I had with my acting when I started and the, actually the comedy experience was very, very, very important for me because it changed my approach is the fact that athletes always wants to dominate the athlete always wants to come out strong, and in acting you have to be uh, often vulnerable. You have to allow someone else to defeat you in the scene. You have to surrender. You have to be weak. You know what I'm saying? Yes. The athlete, their natural response is always to be strong, always to aim for the win, to take no prisoners. <laughs> because you have to survive in the NBA or in, in the major soccer league. So a lot of athletes, they have problems to reach that vulnerable side and sometimes I watch films and some of them do and it's it's beautiful you know when they do well that's true that's that's true for actors who are first starting up but, but for athletes who are able to you know work past that there's a trust relationship that uh, between an actor and, and a director that is not unlike that of an athlete and a coach in that the the director the at the, the coach puts you in a ideally puts you in as an athlete in a position where you can be your best, perform your best. And th that ultimately, that's what the director is looking for as well. Yes, yes. Yeah, no, absolutely, yes. It's, trained is trained. You know, whenever you're trained in sports or, or in poetry, you know, whenever you have this discipline, it definitely helps. Okay, you're in Amsterdam. We will look for you in Amsterdam. Uh, what other projects do you have on the horizon that you could talk to our listeners about? So I will be in a new season of Marvelous Miss Maisel, which will be the final season for the show. Oh, really? Yeah, I cannot disclose much about it, but uh, it was an absolute pleasure, and I, I can't wait to see how it looks like. And uh, and I have a bunch of, bunch of films coming out that I cannot say a lot about yet. Okay, well, my girlfriend and I are big Mrs. Maisel fans. We'll look for you in that. 
And thank you very much. And we are we are working our way through. I know you, we we mentioned you've done Better Call Saul. We're watching Breaking Bad first, and then we're going to watch Saul. Very 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 well because there's a lot of uh, characters that come back to the show to the Better Call Saul that you will see. Okay, well, we will look for you and Better Call Saul when we start that in a couple of weeks. Martin Harris, thank you so much for spending part of your day with us. So I, I hope we'll have a chance to chat again on TV Confidential. Absolutely, I'd love to. Martin Harris has a major supporting role in Amsterdam. Amsterdam, the star-studded murder mystery set in the 1930s, directed by David O. Russell, and which also features Christian Bale, Timothy Oliphant, Mike Myers, Chris Rock, Robert De Niro, and many, many others. Amsterdam playing in theaters everywhere as this program airs. Take a quick time out, then we will replay our conversation with Judy Tenuta. We come back on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net you can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential x.com forward slash tvconfidential or at tvconfidential on instagram and if you're listening to us on the tv confidential podcast please be sure to hit the subscribe button this portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.